I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here at Katanads, we're big fans of Isotope Software and their impressive range of plugins. And you, dear listener, get 10% off all Isotope plugins at isotope.com with discount code NERDS10. Every Guitar Nerds podcast for well over five of its ten years has been edited, polished, and repaired using Isotope's wonderful range of tools. From their neck to sweet to EQ, compress, and lightly add reverb to give the impression that Matt and I are in the same room, to the RX repair suite to deal with pops, clicks, and background noise. In fact, every sound sample that you hear on our podcast is mastered using Isotope's Ozone Mastering Suite. And I can even compare audio, EQ, and levels to to other similar released material using Isotope's Tonal Recall. It's all very good, and believe it or not, there are a bunch of free plugins that you can try. A vinyl simulator for added character, the Ozone Imager for help visualising your stereo mix, and a vocal doubler for added richness and depth to your vocals. Pretty neat. Check it all out at isotope.com. So Philip, before uh, before we podcast, I needed to. I realised that I didn't explain to you why I was uh, running a little bit um, a little bit late. Uh, oh. but I uh, I was I, I had to go I had to go see my cat. My cat needed some attention, and um, I was I was trying to have a conversation with her. So I asked her what um, what two minus two is. She said nothing. Hello, welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Joe Brandt, and joined this week by Philip Carter. Hello. <laughs> Hello indeed. How how did I how was my uh how was my dad joke for the start of this episode? It it was very dad like. Oh, it, was, it was very dad. Thank you. I don't have any children, but I think uh, you know, a dad joke is I've got so many more. I've been making short lists. <laughs> I've got like a, you know, I've got through at least the first 15 episodes. There's something like 48 episodes in this series of Guitar Nerds to come. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful I'll have a brilliant original one for each week. But, dear listeners, if you have great dad joke suggestions, I'm willing, I'm willing to take one. Philip, have you got but, any dad jokes you can reel I, off off the top of your head? I have a, I have a few. Uh, this one will be, if anybody's been watching a certain popular television series, they'll, they'll be familiar with this one already. But... Uh, did you, um, 
uh, I want to get it right. You know, that's the thing about a delivery yeah. with the dad. I've put joke. you if on you the spot. Right. Yeah, yeah. You, it's all, it's you all about get, the gap. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you, it, you're gonna be white New Balances. You just want to be clean white New Balances, no matter how you do it. <laughs> um, so, uh, did you hear about the um, scarecrow that received an award recently? No. Yeah, it turns out he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> That is very good. I do like it. I do like it. That's excellent. the uh, The cat joke for me this week was was uh, was tied. I couldn't I couldn't quite decide whether to deliver that one or I was going to say, do you know um, uh, what uh, uh, <laughs> what a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? No, they're both parasites. <laughs> It's awful. awful. <laughs> that one is bad. That, that one is bad. <laughs> but there you are. There you are, dear listener. Welcome to uh, to another episode. What, what are we? So the fourth, the fifth, the fifth. Five. This is the, fifth. The fifth episode in season four of the Guitar Nerds. Why do I know that better than you do? <laughs> That's a real question. It's yes. I, I apologize. It all becomes one. But the first episode in this series that we've been rejoined by. 40 Watt Podcasts, Philip Carter. Thank you very much for joining us again, Philip. It's lovely I'm, to have you back. Man, I'm glad to be here. It's always a blast to hang out and talk guitar. And I mean, we sat here and talked forever before we even hit record. I was like, oh, there was a whole episode we wasted. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. <laughs> I should have started it like 40 yeah. minutes ago when we started having this chat. But of course, dear listener, you know, Philip, you were so great on the Gear of the Year podcast. It was such such interesting perspective on all the stuff. And you're so... Um, you're so sure. Uh, no, you have a specific type of thing that you like, and that is important on the Gear of the Year podcast. Yeah, um, that's that's born out of uh, buying and selling and owning a lot of gear over the years. Mm. Um, so late last year, I had um, <laughs> some of my listeners and I got in a conversation about amps we've owned and tried, and and like one of them brought up like, oh, well, I've, I'm just trying to catch up with Philip you know, on vintage Fender amps. And I was like, okay, well, I only own one right now, but if we're trying to catch up all time, you got a ways to go. And they're like, how many of you own? I was like, vintage Fender amps or just amps in general. And like, I started a spreadsheet <laughs> and I got to, so amps I've ever owned without counting acoustic guitar amps, um, modelers i didn't count the helix rig or any of that kind of stuff and i didn't count bass amps um i had gotten to 45 and then a couple of weeks ago i thought of two more that i forgot to put on the list (laughs) (laughs) there's so many 45 that is so many i have to admit the amplifiers despite obviously (laughs) that i work for an amplifier company (laughs) (laughs) amplifiers for bass sure i've got loads of those half of the the polymath lockup is my bass amps, but <laughs> that but those are those are ones that are gifted to me by Ashdown, you you know, or, or, or like I'm given long term loans. So that that kind of doesn't count. Amps that I've gone out and purchased and been specific about, especially when it comes to guitar amps, very few. Like I think, yeah. you know, guitars, basses, buy and sell those a lot. Effects pedals, obviously, loads. But amps seems like a hassle, I guess. Harder to post. You know, but more difficult to come across, and also, I don't know. I guess, I guess with a guitar, I'm looking for a new 
thing i don't know the the way it looks it feels it's more immediate the the thing that you get out of that with effects pedals whatever they're fine you, you know you're just looking for that oh, next yeah. thing but with amps i'm more happy to just be like well this is the sound that i'm happy with that's now done you know i'm more willing to put closure on that than guitars but how come that's not the case with uh, you well it's always it's always just a different flavor for me i'm, I'm always about the amp to me like everything else is influencing the sound of the amp more than the other things do. Like they change the, that you, you're not going to manipulate the sound of the amp by changing your pickups, by changing your pedals. That right. amp is going to sound like that amp. And so you better like the sound of your amp before you do anything else, because it's always going to sound like that. And it's, it's such a, it's a weird thing. I had, um, I had, I had dinner with with Rhett Scholl a few months back, and he and I was in Atlanta for some things, and we uh, hung out for a little bit, and we got in this conversation that we're very much amp people. Like guitars are right. fine and fun and great, and pedals are great and fun, but I just I just want a really good amplifier, and I've always been that way. Even though I keep bouncing back to the fact that I discovered the greatest amp of all time seventeen years ago when I got my first Super Reverb, um, <laughs> actually longer ago than that. I don't want to think about time. It's just, the thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's amps are fun to me. They're way more fun. They're more expensive. I get it. But that's why a lot of my list is affordable amps that I bought and flipped or bought and tried, or maybe I got them in a trade deal and I moved them on those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get, I, I guess I wonder if that's how it is. I mean, I don't know because I, I guess I'm definitely a guitar person and Matt yeah. is definitely an effects person and you know, maybe you're an amps, but maybe you can only be one. Maybe that's, maybe that's how this works. It's, it's rare to find someone that, although you do, you do get through the, the, you know, that you do get through guitars as well. I, I do. We don't, we don't want to talk about that number. That's, that's a body <laughs> count number. I'm not going to bring up, <laughs> but, so, so, but, but it's not at one time, obviously it's over the course of, I've been playing guitar since I was 18 uh-huh. and I'm a lot older than I want to talk about right now. So <laughs> that's a quarter century of buying and selling gear. So yeah. what, what, uh, what did you settle on? Interestingly enough, what, what is the best, uh, what is the best fender amplifier to get? The Super Reverb. The Super Reverb. Is, and is All that day, best day. overall it, outside of Fender that is, as well? That is – that is. Um, so I I've tell people all the time I, I have a two-rock and I love my two-rock. And it is, the, it is the objectively best amp I've ever owned. Right. It is the best built, incredible sounding, does everything I want it to do. I can't, I can't make it sound bad. But the best amp ever made – is the Fender Super Reverb specifically the black panel AB763 circuit? That okay. that that circuit for that they made from '64 to '67, and then it crept into '68 and '69 a little bit in the silver panel. Um, that is the best Fender amp. I literally named my podcast after it, the <laughs> 40 watt podcast, because the Super Reverb is 40 watts. I see, I see. And what what is the reason? behind that or is it is it some sort of unobtainable you know you can't put your finger on it this amp just sounds like this i think it's a it's a combination of some things uh and and i I i've done way way this is so nerdy but this is the right podcast for this so um i it's a combination of the 410 open back alnico speakers um the fact that the transformer puts out 2.1 ohms, like some people will tell you that that's not a thing that doesn't influence the sound. It absolutely influences the sound. There's no other amp I know of that's 2.1 ohms. 
it's right. it that that's it and then there's that that fender circuit that is just and it's 40 watts so it's like it's loud but it breaks up at the right place oh, really? and i think that okay. has to do with the transformer and that ohm homage output i can't put it all together but nothing else sounds like it. it's why i was so disappointed in the fender tone master super <laughs> reverb it's like it sounds great it does but it doesn't sound like a super reverb mm, yeah that's something I'm increasingly hearing from everyone who's really sunk their teeth into them. I think yeah. uh, I, I was very excited about that series um, when they came out. And maybe it's because this year I'm obviously I'm going through something of a, I don't know, maybe it's a midlife crisis. But all I care about is, uh, you know, actual vintage gear. Whereas I think, you know, last year I was very much like plugins. All of this new stuff is wonderful. Whereas <laughs> now I, I don't care about any of it. I just want you did. You went stuff. down the dark side. It's fine. We're, we're welcoming you back with open arms. <laughs> thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> we're going to we're going to stay in the. So I listened to this other podcast that I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to actually tout another podcast. that's not either Do one it. of ours, but I listened to the truth of about vintage amps which is a um podcast put out by fretboard journal uh jason verlindy over there uh and they have a he has a tech named skip simmons who has done some of the most he's worked on some of the greatest amps of all time but he calls amps like the super reverb a logging truck he's like they're (laughs) they're so big they're so heavy you don't need that much yes you do and we welcome you back to the logging truck uh world joe (laughs) thank Um, you thank you it's it's great well, yes, yeah, de- definitely, definitely. There's, there's. I don't care what it is anymore, but there is this thing that you know. I guess what I touched upon just then. There's this unobtainable thing that I can't put my finger on that I just can't seem to replicate in anything I've ever tried. I'm not saying it's not replicatable. I don't know if that's a word, uh, but it's not been achieved by anything that I have heard. Um, and I got you know one of the tone masters. Um, mm-hmm. The, the the twin and it's it's fine but um it, yeah it's it's fine and and i didn't really you know i didn't know enough i couldn't and i didn't have a real twin here to sort of direct compare right. it and i really like it it's great but even when i plug in my little tweed blues junior there's something about that that i don't you know i don't know i think it's the um and and this is something that I guess people who do like because there's nothing wrong with liking those digital no. amps and stuff to this. No, but Not at all. this is this will this will be the difference. I think it's that it's like a dog off the leash or a valve amp. I can't control it. There are things that will jump out that will be too piercing that will do weird things. It's it's uncontrollable slightly as you drive it, as you turn it up, as you drive it. You don't know what it's going to do. And all of those things have been tailored, constrained, compressed in a digital lab. Not necessarily in a bad way. It's almost like the, you know, things like the Tone Master are going, what would you like a t- what would you like a Fender amp to sound like on record when you don't want all those things to right. jump out? Whereas the the actual valve versions of those amps have all those 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 nasty the nastiness those nasty edges. Well, that's you know a buddy of mine was talking recently about he was thinking about moving a bunch of stuff, buying a boutique amp, and capturing it on a quad cortex or a Kemper, right. whichever one he has both. Um, and and then like flipping and buying into other amps and just making captures and playing sure. those. I'm like, that's fine. The, the capture technology is interesting and it's cool, but here's the deal. It's capturing your amp at that setting. The moment you turn the knobs, it's guessing. Yeah, yeah, this is very I true. guess this is how that amp would react if I turned the volume up from five to seven. 
I'm guessing. But as we all know, is... with Fender amps, <laughs> volume knob means nothing. <laughs> it doesn't. Once you're once you're past three on a Fender amp, that volume knob is garbage. It just doesn't <laughs> exist. And, and that super reverbs are no different, by the way. There's there is a there's a point somewhere between one and two, and I can't always land on it where it goes from like 10 decibels to 110 decibels and there's no in between <laughs> and yeah. it's you just learn to accept it but yeah there's there is a thing there's absolutely a thing and you know what some people say well it's in your head it's psychosomatic guess what everything's in our head yeah. literally the way you perceive everything is in your head so if it sounds better to you guess what it is better doesn't Absolutely. matter doesn't matter what A and B here are if it sounds better to you it is better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think I've come to that, you know, that conclusion that I'm not I'm not chasing I I think I used to chase things because uh I felt that that they were perceived as being better like I I am told I hear that these things are the things you need. I yes. Guess. Whereas now uh I have accepted the things that I I'm looking for and they are noisy uh difficult <laughs> yes. to use valve amps and they are badly intonating you know vintage guitars those are those are the things that i'm i i really like so i i'm i'm happy with that i'm resigned to that there's still of course you know uh, uh you know Pliny playing a fan fretted uh, Stramberg into his MacBook Pro is an infinitely better <laughs> guitarist than I will ever be, and right. of, and sells a lot more records than I do. Um, and he's very very good at what he does, and it's great that he likes that. I just uh, don't. <laughs> no, right. I mean I just uh, <laughs> I like the the binary opposite of that. That's it. Uh, then there's Neil nothing Young. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, exactly. exactly. Neil Young. Just crank an amp until it's exploding, yeah. and uh, and play it. That's, that's it. the way. That's, it. that's the way we do it. But I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm uh, uh, Philip. I'm I'm playing guitar in a in a new band at the moment. It's band. It's just it's just me and my partner Emma. But it's been a project we've been working on for for years. We sort of you know had tracks milling around. Um, uh, you know, with the the two of us, I'll play drums and guitar on recording, but I guess live it will just be guitar and her singing and playing a bit of bass, piano sort of thing. But uh, but we we got offered a, a show from a a pretty good like little touring outfit that are playing a Bryant show. It's mm-hmm. a co-headline. They didn't need a support, and they were like, oh, you know, Emma and Joe, you've been working on this thing and saying you wanted to get it out the gates, get out of the gates of this show. So we've got a month to sort of finalize oh, wow. all these things which is quite fun so for the first time i realized the difference is whenever we record things or whenever we're writing things of course i'm more often than not running my guitar straight into my interface and i'm using neural dsp's um tone king preamp you know for for, for everything because all i yeah. want is a is a filthy sounding guitar with some slapback delay and and a, a bunch of springy reverb and it doesn't need to be much more than that it's simple but I was like sure. oh live I've obviously I've got to create this setup now um, suitable for that so I, I I found myself being like well should I take a katana because they're reliable should sure. I should I take the the blues <laughs> junior because the blues junior you've got just gorgeous spring reverb. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Which I think is where I'm where I'm leaning towards. I, I want the reverb off of the Blues Junior. Um, I want, um, you know, I've got lots of great slapback delays. Um, maybe something like a Game Changer Plus pedal to to fill out some ambience and things like that. Possibly a tremolo. I don't really own a tremolo, I realised. I was kind of looking Wait, through everything I had. What? I know, I know. I've got loads of vibratos, loads of like multi-modulation pedals, but I realised I don't have a good tremolo. I mean, actually, I, there are a couple, but Jay Cross hoards them. So I've noticed whenever, <laughs> whenever Guitar Nodes gets a tremolo, Jay borrows it and, you know, and That's I haven't it. seen they're... him in a couple of months, and they're sort of all at his. Uh, uh, it, it, you know, it would feel bad for me to be like, "Hey, Jay, can I come round?" Well, I haven't seen him in two months, and then just take his tremolo pedals. So, <laughs> um, so I, you know, so I think I want to buy a good tremolo pedal, and also with all Fender amps for me, then that I can't get enough. I need a bit more breakup, just a touch. Yeah, but I need something in front. So I'm sort of, I, I got out the Chase Bliss Automatone preamp. Which is which is great, but unless you want it on the fuzz sound, I find that the drive sound is a bit too preamp, like not enough breakup. Unless you really oh, push yeah. the gain, and then you get quite a noise floor off of it. So even though perfect sounding pedal, maybe not quite what I need. So I've been looking at the Tate effects. Their Antares very good. KMA obviously, I'm going to look at KMA. Their Logan right. very good, and I was looking at. There is a um, there is a clon copy that everyone's raving about at the moment that you oh, can buy as one? a kit. The uh, this the Seria Tone Centura. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no much um, about those. I I I've played a couple of them, and I do know that Chris Buck loves them. Mm. He had one on his board for a long time. I don't know if he still does. Um, a lot of people seem to really really like them. They appeal to a lot of my sensibilities. Right. They're way oversized. They're completely impractical for the circuit that they are. Um, <laughs> they're they're kind of overrated, but still amazing. Um, these are all check boxes for the Philip Carter seal of approval. I just need you to know <laughs> these are these are all how you get me on board. Uh-huh. Um, 
I really like that one. I also Warm Audio just came out with their Centavo, which oh. is um, uh, it's a reproduction of the Klon in the original sized enclosure. So there's that. Really oh, affordable. Yeah. How did this pass me by? This is fantastic. It's in a yep. proper chassis. It's two hundred pounds on the nose. It's it, way too big for a practical pedalboard. I love it. Um, so yeah, there's an option for you. Um, I, I tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to put together your rig right now. We're going to, here's, Joe, this is the affordable, um, duo gig rig for you. First of all, so you, you need, we need an amp that's going to break up. We need slapback delay. Uh, we need reverb and we need tremolo. Okay. This is, this is super simple. So first of all, um, just go ahead and get a tweed deluxe, then, uh, an, (laughs) an EP3, and a Fender 63 reverb tank. <laughs> Just, <laughs> no, um, no. I, I think, I think for this gig, I, see, this is where I go the opposite. I think the um, Katana is a great amp. I think, I think yeah. it could work for this. Um, you have the foot switch for it, of course. Yes, you have I the do. Foot yeah. Switch for it. Well, then, in yeah, fact, I've got it pre-programmed with those things. <laughs> oh, well, then you're, you're good unless you're like me, and. So we we talk about this and we talk about, you know, the gear we like to play and, oh, this is supposed to be really good and and this is supposed to be, these are the things. And it's it's been my take for the last six months or so. I've said it on my podcast. I think I even said it on, on the gear of the year. It's like some things just don't make me excited to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to go play a gig, I better be excited to play that gig. And so there are just some things. The Katana is a great amp that will get you through any situation doesn't make me excited to play that i think you you've hit the nail on the head of something that i wasn't sure why it was the reason or maybe i'm just you know maybe i'm being snobby and this just gives me a good excuse to <laughs> to, to to feel vindicated but uh validated rather yeah. uh but but yes the uh yeah yeah that's exactly kind of where i was i was like i could the katana i've got this i've got it pre-programmed with all those effects i need yeah. it does sound good but I'm not excited about it. Yeah. See, if you were in, if you were in the U.S., because I don't know what the, uh, I don't know how widespread these are in the U.K. Huh. But if you were in the U.S., I would actually point you to one amp and then tell you to get a pedal for the slapback delay. Right. You've you've described the PV Delta Blues amp to oh. a T. Reverb huh. second channel that's actually really good. And tremolo on board, and it comes in either a two ten combo or a, or a 115, 115 combo. Yeah, these these amps are um, readily available in the UK. Not only that, they are they are they are proper sleeper amps over here. Like if you know, you know. And we yeah. knew. I remember when you know when me and Matt worked at GAC, we absolutely loved these amps. I don't know why they don't stay in my long term memory because <laughs> they you're you're so right. Like, and as soon as you said that, I've just but, you know, given a, a, a quick search, I found one. I think this is the 15, which is what I would go for. That's what you want. Um, for £395. <laughs> buy it now on 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 eBay. I wonder if this. Oh, it's, it's I think, that, I think it has an effects loop, too. So you could put the slap back in the effects loop. Hmm. I, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a sleeper amp. It's still a sleeper amp. They're People US need made. to wake up on them. They're US made. <laughs> yeah. Or at least were. I, I don't even know if they still make them anymore. But um, they um, they were made literally an hour and a half from where I'm sitting right now. Wow. Um, 
down in Meridian, Mississippi. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're so stupidly cheap. Um, to be the great great amps that they are, thirty watts, one fifteen. I mean, yeah. So yeah, that would that, but again, then again, that doesn't help you if you ever want tremolo with a different rig. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was tremolo on board. Is there? yeah, wow. tremolo on board. Yeah, this ticks uh, a lot of boxes. Yeah, it's it's a it's a ridiculously underrated amplifier. And tweed, I love everything in tweed. Yeah, you can I, get it I in think, tweed. You can get it in black if you want to be really boring. But tweed, yeah. tweed's the right call. Yeah, I think I, I think I mentioned it on the podcast. I may have mentioned it behind the paywall on the Patreon just to be safe last week. But <laughs> I guess I'm mentioning it on here now. But I, uh, I definitely was quite heavy-handed in talking Ash down into doing an entire run of tweed amps last yeah. year, which, uh, <laughs> which there are now a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> still in the warehouses I, I guess i i was under the impression that tweed was more popular than it is maybe bass players don't like tweed i don't, I don't know what that is oh that might be it because uh, you know who has some there's another company that does um their bass amps in tweed and i feel like they didn't move either Ag- aguilar did um like a range in tweed did it as a as a finish option but yeah it's just, i guess it's just not as common yeah, uh, in the bass. I thought they looked great personally, but you know, being a guitar player, I didn't have much need for a <sighs> bass amp. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was thinking of the the Fender Bassman TVs. Uh, I don't oh know yeah, if see those? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they were solid state, but it was at a time. I mean, it was turn of the century, and I think solid state was still maybe not quite. Uh, people weren't singing its praises as a hundred percent as uh, yeah. as they are as now. We- it was a problematic yeah, we, we understand amplifier. it can be good. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. No, that tracks. Yeah. I um I remember looking at those when y'all released those amps though. I I still think they look good and I think people need to be giving them a shot. Um <laughs> yeah. I it, they you can't go wrong with Tweed and that is I is that a proper oxblood grill cloth? Grill cloth, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's the idea. I thought it was super cool, but we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll we'll, uh, we'll get there. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like the uh, basics. Maybe it's going to take ten years for you to be proven <laughs> right. <laughs> that's it. That's exactly what's going to happen. Gear of the year, uh, retrospectively, twenty thirty three. Yeah, we'll. Uh... Isn't it? Isn't it time for a gear of the decade? Oh, oh is it? Uh, well, I guess it's ten, it ten years of guitar nerds. So, so I guess this year we could. I've been thinking about. I've been too busy, but I've been. Uh, I've been trying to think about what I could do for for extra this year as it's ten years of guitar nerds. But that might be the solution there, Philip. I think you might have helped me out yeah. there. Gear of the decade. <laughs> that way, you get that retroactive look at some of the year that kind of went by. Yeah, I wonder what it would be. I mean, the obvious one is the base six. That sort of was, you know. Obviously, what was a top scorer on our gear of the year back in 2013 when the when it was released. Then two years later, we were saying what idiots we were for selecting <laughs> it because it had disappeared off the market. Now they, you know, with classic vibe being what it is, I think that was the problem. And maybe it's not quite the base that, that was there. The vintage modified was pretty rough around the edges, yeah. And classic vibe seems to have sorted out a lot of those things. Also, it helps that. It's it's almost common to be finding base sixes on the market with retrofitted electrical gu- uh, guitar company necks and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, lots, lots of great I, mods. 
I think classic vibe simply changed the game for for Squire in general and a yeah. lot of those designs. But yeah. that's just it just is I'd be more interested to see the things that y'all called gear of the year that ended up being complete and utter disasters. <laughs> There's got to be some of them. I mean, you you had a power supply win one year. Come on. Oh, J Cross. J Cross. <laughs> yeah. A power supply, a power supply. But even, you know, it's we'd get caught up in things like uh we had like um is stuff that we've really liked that really hasn't sort of taken off when we've when we've given like boutique brands um uh you know when we've included boutique stuff which we decided to stop doing because it's almost not fair it's incomparable right. it works both that door swings both ways there are times where you know big brands can't compete with something a little company is offering at, at a price point and vice versa so we were like well sure. we just there's just too much stuff we got we can't compete, but we'll see. We'll see how uh, how gear of the decade pans <laughs> out. But uh, but um, you you've actually made quite a few purchases uh, recently, Philip. Trades purchases, yeah. <laughs> I um so I did that thing that we all do, uh, where we reach the end of a year and we uh, try to pretend that it's not really just another day that we arbitrarily added a turnover point to it's like we got to this turnaround in the song we made this up y'all just just letting you know new year's is a thing in your head like but it, it works it completely works so i got to this point where i looked around and i dude, don't get me wrong y'all i still have way too much stuff that's gonna probably always be the case but i was looking at some of the stuff i had and i was like you know that's this is this stuff's really good this stuff's really i had a couple of pieces that were incredible guitars but i was like i keep i have these pieces that i've always wanted right i've always wanted certain things and i kept not having them and i looked around and i was like well i could have that thing if i didn't have these things like the cost of these things is those are those things you've always said you wanted so i started looking around looking for things to sell things to trade uh, so I traded some guitars. I sold uh, a bunch of pedals and some guitars, and I picked up. This is a ridiculous haul in the last month. Um, I picked up a um, Gibson Memphis ES three thirty five fifty eight reissue. That's a perfect guitar. That's yeah. a perfect guitar. That that guitar almost turned me into a guitar monogamist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really did. Um, uh, I also uh, tracked down a um, 2013 Gibson R8 58 Les Paul reissue, um, and it is it it is absolutely ridiculously stunning and a an incredible guitar to play um all of y'all that want to talk trash about the custom bucker buckers that they put in those guitars you can all chill they're incredible they sound great <laughs> so i had a couple of other guitars that were part of trade deals and so i moved some things around and um right now i've got we'll see if it lives here i've got one of the prs uh mccart it's an s there's so many letters, PRS. You're almost Ibanez. It's a PRS S2 McCarty 594 thin line. So many words. <laughs> so many words. Why? Why so many words? So I've got that. It's here. It's not completely changed my mind on PRS, but I'm starting to come around to the idea of at least the McCarty 594 style. Uh -huh. Um 
What, and then, what, uh, what defines a Makati 594 style? So, Because um, it all looks like the same body shape to me. Yeah, so the Makati is uh, – what defines the Makati, I can't actually tell you. So, But I can tell you a couple things Here's because I you know, get nerdy about these things. So the Makati was a body style that was designed when Ted Makati was still with PRS, and it was actually made in conjunction with input from David Grissom. So oh, that's they cool. – yeah, it was basically their pushing towards that vintage Les Paul spec. I mean, I know that that's not what Paul or the crew over at PRS want to hear, but that's really what they were doing. They pushed a little more towards a, the the Gibson, some of the some of the choices of a Les Paul, right? And which is great. Well, that's McCarty. I mean, Ted McCarty designed the Les Paul too. You know what I mean? He had a hand in that, so that makes sense. Well, the five nine four is direct reference to a different scale length. So where PRS guitars tend to live in that 25 and a half, is that right? Yeah. Um, the 594 is a 24.594 scale Perfect. length. Perfect. Much yes. better. Much better. It's it's And so it's a fun guitar to play. The thin line means that it is, um, uh, instead of a mahogany body with a maple cap, it is just a mahogany body, more like an SG. Um, oh, that's very so cool. the body style doesn't change itself, but the construction does. Right. It's very light. Um, it plays great, sounds great. Uh, I don't really have any complaints about it. We'll see if it lives here for too long or if I end up selling it to buy a DGT because I really like the PRS DGT. Do you know why? Because uh, it's available in gold top. <laughs> <laughs> it also sounds fantastic in the demos. That That's obviously yeah. going to be something to do with the, the man playing it in the demos. But. Yeah, yeah. No, David Grissom is a, is a monster player. Um, but I, I think they're cool guitars. So, yeah. And then finally, of, of things I've acquired, um, I bought an RE201. And so... Because I like all things tape echo. And so now I've got the RE201. I have the full tone tube tape echo. I pretty much don't need another delay ever. Um, <laughs> that's just it's, the way it goes. That is a lot of, of things to have uh, to have picked up in the in the last little while. Yeah. And, and, and kind of a, a lot of real essentials there. Like a 201, that's very much an unsellable item. Now, we were talking a bit before the podcast about the massive you know price difference you know the since yeah even in the last decade for a 201 like you know i, me- I mentioned to you before but i i've been looking at a 101 on ebay and i i told matt i contacted matt was like i think i'm gonna bid on this it's around 850 quid at the moment and he was like well oh, that's expensive it's, it's not <laughs> it's not expensive 201s are going for two thousand pounds at the moment and he was like really i paid 400 for mine 10 years ago God, <laughs> you know yeah so, so the uh, the price is definitely. I think they they cost more over here than they do in your neck of the woods. Yeah, well, I tell you that that one hundred and one that you're looking at is about what I'm seeing them go for over here too. So really? once wow. once you convert once yeah. you convert to freedom units, I mean dollars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I love that joke. Uh, but yeah, uh, it um. It's about the same price, and right. and the two hundred one. Now I got a great deal on this one because it needed a little servicing, uh-huh. and I've serviced it, and it's running pretty well. I've still got to, I've still got to do a couple of things later. I don't have to. It works and sounds great as is, but I I have all the parts to update some of the circuit, to right. replace capacitors and stuff. But, um, yeah, the prices are getting outrageous. Like when I and you know the same thing when I bought my my other tape echo, 
Um, I should have bought one three years previously. This is it. Dear listener, I cannot recommend enough if you do not own a Space Echo. They're not coming down in price. They probably will continue to go up in price. And whilst 10 years ago, I wish I'd said this as the first thing I'd ever said on the podcast so that, you know, we could have all bought them back then. But the prices are getting crazy. And, you know... Well, I think part of the part of the change is I think part of the reason that the price is rising so high now for a while there, you were at the mercy of NOS parts. Sure. Yeah. You you couldn't because it is a mechanical piece of gear like capacitors, transistor, not worried about that. The actual moving parts of it, you need to find those parts. And so if there's no NOS available, you can't fix them. So why would you have it? But now there are companies like Ecofix in Australia, mm. Soundgas in the UK that that have these parts that are servicing these units that it suddenly it's reasonable to own these pieces of gear again because if they break they can be fixed. Yeah, of course. No, you're absolutely right. I remember when, you know, go, going back five, six, seven years when I was looking around at Space Echoes back then and so many listings were up for, you know, spares and repairs because yes, exactly. that, there it. wasn't there wasn't any other option for yeah and that doesn't happen anymore you don't see no. one listed oh you can use it for parts no 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 they're gonna fix it and sell it for two grand yeah. <laughs> that's what exactly. they're gonna do exactly it's got to the point because i was certainly th- feeling like for maybe for playing guitar in this new project i was like well i know i've got everything covered and i do think the game changer plus pedal is the ultimate like ambience device just because it's so controllable you know it's not just on or off it's completely yes. under your control of how much you want to put in at any given time which is what i want but i i would really love a tape echo to be on there to be gnarly and difficult and don't you know dear listener i i i get it i i have lots of pedals here that can emulate <laughs> ta- tape echo very well but you know that i would i would like one and so I, and and the the space echoes are getting so expensive now i started looking around for alternatives and of course the t-rex replicator and the replicator junior they're a really good option and an option that come with warranties and reliable right. spare parts you know yeah i, um, I actually saw a um, but you know things like the Replicator Junior, that's getting harder to find. I don't I know what the difference one, is between the I, Replicator. And I, the junior. I don't either. If no, I'm gonna be I, really I, honest. I looked at the front panel and I was like, the controls are the same. I don't understand. Maybe it's delay time. I don't know. I do know that when that unit was released, the initial units, and I can't tell you for how long, were problematic. There were issues. Right. There were there was actually something in the engineering and the design that was problematic, and so a lot were failing. They fixed a few of them. Um, and they fixed it now. Supposedly, the ones you can get now or or the most recent versions are good. I saw, but I saw one used, like in a guitar center for like five hundred bucks. Right, and they they're not cheap either. They, yeah. You're still you're still looking at some expense there. Yeah, it's um, a bunch of money. Yeah, it is. It, I don't know. It's fun. I like I like rad fun things, and I want to have fun when I play. So that's why yeah, I buy they these are things. cool. I was thinking I don't about buy them because they're practical. <laughs> they're definitely not practical. I was thinking about a Watkins copycat. That's my other option. How, how, do, do Watkins copycats make it much over to the states? I, and- I'm not familiar. Forgive ah, me while yes. <laughs> googling on a podcast. Ah, yes, wonderful. A piece of British heritage gear that, <laughs> that, that's uh, that's not known of. It's normally the other way. I'm like, oh well, yeah, you can't really get those over over here. But now yeah. it's the boots on the other foot, young man. Oh, is that, is that made by? Is that made? 
Oh, it's a WEM unit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. WEM Watkins. That's that's yeah. the same like speaker company that makes the That's right. The the WEM speakers? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I did I didn't know this existed, Joe. They're great. There are a few, a few eras of them. If you can find the older ones, which came this gorgeous, like peppermint and cream, sort of collapsible. They look like the old Singer um, sewing machines when you, or, or old typewriter boxes or something when you close them up. They're like, a, they're they're really cool. And then they just they open up like a chest, and then you've got the tape. I can see. <laughs> Philip's face, dear Lister, looking like it's uh, something it needs to purchase in the future. But they're, they're fantastic. Joe, there's there's one available in Ireland for five hundred and twelve dollars. That's that's a lot of money because they were a, they were a couple of hundred quid tops over here. Well, no, sorry. If you're looking at the original peppermint uh, and cream ones, they do yes. go for a lot of money. This now, is yeah. yeah, this is like the, the it's the red topped knobs and right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the and black and red chassis go for less money. You can pick those up for a couple of hundred quid. Oh yeah, no, this is this is definitely the the cream and and red. Right. Um that oh it's so cool. No, very that good. That is so very cool. I think, oh. you know, if you think when everything happened, and obviously you guys were playing Fenders, Fender amps and Fender right. and Gibson guitars, and we were playing Vox amps and Burns guitars, when you guys were using, well, I, don't, I guess, well, I mean, Ronin Space Echoes are Japanese, so I, I guess you yeah. were using Space Echoes, and uh, we were using <laughs> Wem Copycats. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know what the, Amer- what was the American tape echo that you were using, the... Uh, Oh, uh, there would be the Maestro EP3. Yes, thank you. EP2. Well, there was an EP1 as well. Obviously, they've gone through all the numbers, but yeah. So it would be the Maestro. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, is still, that is still my preferred tape delay sound. Uh huh. um, Is is the Maestro, the EP sound, um, because it can give you those very strong repeats, very, you know, very defined delay sound it doesn't get as spacey but when you which i shouldn't use that term to define the space echo since it's in the name but it's a very different kind of repeat it's that's what i'm learning playing them back to back right very different sounds yeah so yeah also jimmy page used the the echoplex so that's all i need to know <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, the uh those are definitely something I, you know, I'm 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 thinking about. You've almost talked me into it a little bit more by not knowing what they are. I'm like, yeah, this is a piece of history that I need to Yeah, I I, to- I was not aware of them at all. So, it's it's interesting because I'm looking at the tape path of it. I'm looking at like, you know, with like the the 201 you've got all that extra spool of tape that's just kind of running around this is a much smaller spool of tape uh yeah because there's not really any extra travel for i don't know it's 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 really fascinating i find it really really interesting and now i need to go hunt down videos of these being used and i'm really (laughs) i think they're very simple sounding traditional tape delays but they definitely look awesome yeah um yeah, they're they're sort of worth a shout. I mean, I'm into it. it it's, it's something you know that that stuff. I really, obviously I love that, those sort of vintage things, and I do. There's a special place in, my, place in my heart for all that vintage British gear that turned up at the time because it it really wasn't as good 
as well was coming out of America at the time. So it was a bit rough and ready, a lot of it, yeah. uh, which is why, of course, you know, you don't see a lot of those brands around anymore or a lot of that stuff right. hasn't become legendary in the same way as so much US stuff has. Well, a lot of it was playing catch up. It was, you of, know. Of course, yeah. absolutely. So it was like, oh, we've got to hurry up and get this thing. I mean, I mean, look at look at the heritage of Marshall. He was a drummer who did, who was renting out gear who decided, oh, I can just start building these instead of trying to import them anymore. Yeah, and that's what he did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and so, it's so so much of the stuff of the time was. I I think actually amps is almost a slightly different thing because I, I feel like kind of obviously Fender amps were absolutely amazing. Plenty of incredible amps that came out of America. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but you know Marshall and Vox certainly at the sort of the you know the the start of rock and roll were were very very important brands. It's a very small island, so having these two dominating powers meant that anything that wasn't those has sort of been forgotten. Which you know which it yeah. brings me back to Wem and Watkins and uh, their Dominator, especially the old Mark One series of Dominator amps. Did you, have you ever seen these, Philip? This uh, no. This is British innovation. If you, you uh, a nineteen fifties. Wem or Watkins, they were they were released under both brand names. The Dominator okay. Mark One, a two ten valve amp that was made diagonally fronted because, of course, PA's weren't uh, really a thing back there. So the idea of it being diagonally fronted was that the sound would, uh, you know, come out at a wider angle to more of the audience. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. These are. Yeah, I'm looking at a couple of them now. Um, they actually reissued them at one point, so I'm actually looking at a reissue. So oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, um, apparently, at least this this site, if it ever comes up, uh, <laughs> is calling this a reissue. Uh, it reminds me of the Gibson stereo amplifiers. Yeah, yeah. If you remember those, uh, it is. It's funny because when you first said that, I looked up a Watkins amp, uh, and it actually came up with the. Uh, a WEM amp, and I was like, "Oh well, at least I know that logo in the grill cloth because I've seen them underneath high watt heads, um, <laughs> and that's why I know it." But yeah, no, it's fascinating. I I had no idea about this company. What's so well the Watkins side of things? Mm, uh, yeah. Obviously, I I know who WEM is, but I don't know a whole lot about them. Um, I don't even know what WEM stands for. I just know to say WEM. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me neither. Actually, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what because it's always capitalized. So obviously, it's an acronym for something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're actually electric music. Ah, there you go, there you go. Ashdown, the the Mark Gooday who owns Ashdown Amplification over here in the UK is good friends with Wem or uh, Wem's roommate, which I think is the fellow who owns its wife. Um, now oh, wow. owns all the copyright, and they're 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 well, Ashdown are in talks with them at the moment because uh, we're hoping to. We've done a limited edition run of Wem Grillcroft Ashdown stuff, but we're hoping to kind of make that a bit more of a a bit more proper and be able to make some web stuff again because it's not doing anything the brand's not doing anything obviously it doesn't really exist and uh Mark yeah, yeah, exactly. a, a nice fellow he's not looking to he, he's not you know he's not looking to just you know nick the name and reissue stuff he, he wants to keep this brand alive and going so uh, i think something is going to happen with it so it'll be really exciting oh that'd be very cool I, I love seeing those kinds of stories of, of those kind of lost things yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm actually because, because in in a couple of weeks' time here in the UK, it's the Birmingham Guitar Show, which oh. I think I do like the Birmingham Guitar Show. It's my favorite. I like going to Birmingham, but um, but I'm I'm gonna meet up with High Watt Amps uh, over there because they're re- they're really back at the moment. 
you know they they obviously had a, yeah. a little bit of a a bit of downtime where everything was chinese built and wasn't really proper high watt stuff and it was just you know they had a custom shop but it was so um uh but it was uh, it was so it was so limited and you know so small the custom shop stuff that i think it, it, it the brand had sort of lost its way a little bit but i think it's about to um it's about to become proper and strong again so i'm, I'm excited good. to have a chat with them and see how see yeah how they've, they've they've put a couple of things out recently i say recently uh, time is a flat circle um so <laughs> in the last four or five years didn't they put out the um the 20 water here not too long ago that's right yeah yeah, yeah they've got and they, then they did a fuzz pedal yeah yeah they've got a, a filter fuzz yeah yeah filter fuzz yeah, which is huge, huge. It's like the size of an arm. It's uh, check. Yeah. That's we're, we're going down the list here. Impractical check. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah. A- anyway, anyway, uh, moving moving swiftly on. I uh, I should mention, dear listener, that after we re- finish this episode, we'll be recording the Patreon special where every week we do a question of uh, a question of the week. I found the duck jingle in the end there, <laughs> dear listener. Uh, anyway, this week we're going to answer one, maybe maybe two questions. The first question we're going to answer is from Joe Patek, friend of the podcast, Joe Patek, uh, who says, I can't remember who I discussed it with uh, on the Facebook group. This is on the Guitarnets group on Facebook. Um, so I can't find out what they told me, but what is the deal with Greco, Bernie, Orville in terms of what's the best l- lawsuit Gibson custom? My only strict condition is an ebony, an ebony board. Or should I be a vulture and wait for someone desperate selling a custom for that's cheap? A, that's a strict condition. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, that's it's a very it's, strict condition. It is a strict condition, but it is doable. So we're going to do that. And then if we if we get time, we're going to talk about David Nagella, Nagella, Nagella. I don't know how to pronounce your name, David. Um, <laughs> uh, he has uh, this. It was a while ago, actually. This was the start of January. He posted this, but I came across this post and thought it was great. Uh, he put, he said he he loves old solid state amps from the seventies to nineties. They have quite a unique sound and quality to them. He just picked up a little Ampeg SS three five. Uh, what are some of your favorite cheap sleeper Ooh. amps? So maybe we'll even get onto that topic. I feel like in... I already mentioned one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, so we'll see. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get onto that, but um, we we might we might bypass the news. We'll see because we do need to do the topic of the week this week as is decided by our top tier patreon backers every week last week derek rich was selected uh from the spinning of the wheel and derek rich uh got hold of us and said here's what he wanted us to talk about is what is a better option for removing 60 cycle hum the latest generation of noises single coils are uh, or a hardware modification like the Sur backplate noise cancelling system or Music Man's silent circuit. Also, if you have time, what are the noiseless single coils that you think most highly of or is trying to eliminate 60 cycle hum with single coils not worth it? 
Mm. An interesting, an interesting proposition. How do you feel about this? Is this ever anything you come across again? I don't feel like you play a lot of single coil guitars. Uh, so my favorite pickup is the P ninety, right? So noise is a legitimate thing. Yes. Um. So and I've tried some. I've tried a bunch of solutions. I will tell you, and I know that not everyone likes them. Um. My sister's main guitar for the last. Uh, 15 seven like literally it's not her only electric but it's the only one she ever takes live right right she plays one of those uh 90s strat pluses with the lace sensors in them yeah and matt Matt knight's favorite guitar i would man i will tell you i'm impressed every time i play that guitar with the lace sensors now i realize that's not really like super available like as an option um but you know, uh, which which that neither here nor there. I have tried noiseless solutions. I have tried uh, the Fishman Fluent stuff, which I think very highly of. Um, I've all that 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 silence was dramatically important. <laughs> all of that included. Um, I always come back to. In order to get rid of the hum, even in the most sophisticated systems today, which are way better than they were 20 years ago, in order to get rid of that hum, you must also take other things out. Right. And that hum is inaudible in a live situation. You do not hear it when you're playing, and then in between songs, turn your volume down. So that's what I've learned to do, and that's what I I do all the time. I have I work volume knob, or what I do with a Strat sometimes. I don't gig often with a Strat anymore, but when I did, um, and it would be noisy on that neck pickup, which is, I don't know why anyone ever goes off the neck pickup on a Strat. It's my yeah. favorite. Um, it you get a quiet point in the song. Yeah, there's some hum, especially if you've got any gain. If you've got reverse wound, uh, reverse polarity pickups, switch really quickly to that in-between position just to cut the hum and then switch it back to play. That's what I do. I've just, right. I've learned to cope with the noise only because I've never found a noiseless solution that sounded, it. they sound good, but they don't They're sound like what I want. You feel like you're prioritizing getting rid of noise over tone. Exactly. I, yeah. I'm definitely prioritizing getting rid of noise over, but also y'all take what I say with a grain of salt. I, I, I have an RE201, notoriously one of the noisiest units you can ever <laughs> play. I, I deal with noise in a way that most people don't. I, I just sometimes embrace that that's part of the experience. It's eerie to me if they're, the song gets quiet and there's no noise. Like, no, there's got to be something. There's I was something low to be five said before that some, was an option. Yeah, exactly. There's something to be said for some rock and roll hum in, in a quiet bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I do think uh, if I had to give a solution, if I was going to point you in a direction, I'd look at the Fishman Fluent stuff because I do think it's some of the best direction everybody's gone. Yeah. And go backwards to the lace sensor stuff. Those stuff that stuff's pretty good. Yeah, you. T- I mean, you know, you, you've taken the words out of my mouth there. The, I, I think the Fishman Fluent stuff is is absolutely brilliant. For for me, I think it's the closest thing I've found to. I kind of agree with you. It's not something I care about enough that I try to actively get rid of right. it. But if it is something that's really annoying you, Derek, then. Uh, Fishman Fluence. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. When my experience with the with those pickups, to be honest, is when I got that Reverend um oh, 
What's that called? Oh, the yeah. Greg Koch? The Greg Koch, yeah. The Gristlemaster? The Greg Koch, Gristlemaster, yeah. When I got that, and I was just like, wow, this is fantastic. It's all the best bits of a telly, supercharged and very recording friendly, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It was, uh, they, they were just great. I couldn't, I could I couldn't, having that little button on the Fishman Fluids telly pickups to switch between a 50s and a 60s style telly as well, which as far as I could tell was just a bit of a bass boost. But um, <laughs> <it> was, uh, <laughs> however they want to label it is fine. Uh, it sounded great. Um, I, I th- like, um, so I had those recommended to me recently because I was looking for, uh, some tele pickups to put into another guitar that I've been sort of on the fence about selling or keeping, but I was like, I'm going to try new pickups in it first and then make that decision. But somebody told me to get the uh, Fishman Fluence. I was like, oh, I don't want to have to like deal with the installation of a rechargeable battery. And all. then they sent me a picture. I was like, oh, that's like in the jack socket. Yeah. That's like all part. It's like, it's super yeah. simple to install too. It's so, so good. It's not like, you know, it's not like the 70s when people were all butchering <laughs> massive nine-volt battery holes in the back of their Vintage strats. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a different, different ballgame now. So uh, that would be – I think those are great options. Yeah. Yeah. Deal with it or get the fishermen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of it's, – it's, it was a very quick and short answer, Derek, but, but I, there, there aren't a, a whole – bunch of things i mean there are a whole bunch of things obviously you've mentioned them but yeah personally i i really like the fisherman fluence if you haven't given them a go please you know go into a shop try something with some fisherman fluences in they're so good they're so good worth a bash or you know go down phillips route and uh and uh, i guess you know lean into it i'm not i don't want to say deal with it i mean like lean into it make it part of your thing a part of your it's vibey there's mojo yeah. to it yeah, treat, and and, and honestly, and this is this. Oh my gosh, this is so like boomer yelling at clouds. <laughs> there's a part, there's a part of living as a musician where learning to work with that noise and know when to cut it, when it's okay for you to have a little noise. Like, there's a whole part of that dance of playing live. Like, there's a whole skill set of. Um, oh, when I get to this part in the song, I need to make this shift or I need to do this kind of thing or like this. I don't know. There's a part of that whole experience of playing live where you're doing those things. Uh, it's like when I used to show up to certain bars early so that I could find out which direction I could face with my P90s to get the least <laughs> <laughs> interference from the neon lights in the bar, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know that feeling. Well, um, well, we need to we need to spin the wheel anyway to find out what uh, next week's topic's going to be. So uh, I'm going to spin the wheel whilst you listen to the jingle. So no, no, because that – no. That was the show and tell jingle, dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> now for the spin the wheel jingle. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. And this week, the winner of spin spin the wheel and the person who will be choosing what we talk about on next week's podcast is andy hoffler well done andy congratulations you're a winner um everyone else is a loser this week uh, <laughs> who knows how it'll pan out next week andy 
um, as you can double win. It may well be you again, but let us know, Andy. I'll be messaging you shortly after, and you can tell us what to talk about on next week's podcast. We have time. It has run away with us, so we're not going to do the news. Maybe we'll talk about a little bit of the news uh, on the pod- on the uh, on the Patreon version of the podcast. Probably the biggest news this year, I think, the Strymon pedal. You know? Well, I mean, if we're going to just go ahead and mention it while we're here, um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm looking at the watch I'm not wearing, and they're maybe five years too late. Uh, I just I, look. I, I get it. I, I think it's a cool pedal. I think it's a cool idea. But I mean, like, hey guys, Eventide's been doing this for like a long time, breaking out their algorithm into in standalone pedals that are smaller format. Yeah, there is an argument that it feels a little bit like they've run out of ideas, but it's it definitely sounds very cool. I take my 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 concern with it is that I want a digital interface that does something that complex. I know I'm a yes. fan of rotary controls, but I was like, oh, it adds like this artificial orchestration with other chordal elements underneath you. I was like, how do you choose that if you're playing in a particular? <laughs> key how does it know what mode you're using i don't know right. but i, I could be I do, wrong I, about all of this so i love the idea of smaller format simpler strymon pedals right I, yeah. I think that's a cool i think it's something they should have been doing sooner that's that's right. my only that's my only flaw in it that's it that's that that's like my big hot take oh, okay. is i feel like they should have been doing it sooner um and i worry that that is going to uh, affect their sales of the unit mm-hmm. i mean we will see. We will see. Yeah. Certainly, lots of very, very positive chatter on the internet about it. But you know, every product has posi- positive chatter when all the videos come out. So let's uh, let's see how people react rather than the people being paid to make videos about the product. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's see how that works out. Before we go, dear listener, um, actually, like a little bit before we go, uh, I do want to do the uh, show and tell. I won't bother with the jingle, but uh, <laughs> but I do want to do the show and tell. This week, so I've been I've been messing around with. Obviously, I make a little track for each week's demo. I've got a product that doesn't come out until next week. The date got put back. Um, it's very exciting. I'm very excited about it. It's complex and awesome and cool, and very digital, but very awesome. Um, so I, I can't play any of the things from that. And so I was sitting around today, being like, "Oh, I sort of spent a week working on that for for, for today." So uh, so it's not that. And I figured, like, what you know, what should what should I I play in the show and tell in that case? Um, so I sort of put together a few things that I've got here that aren't necessarily new products, but things that I I think are great and that everyone should check out. Obviously, the Game Changer Plus pedal, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I really think it's a it's a great, great unit. It's been around so long that we almost don't talk about it. But dear listener, if you do not have one and you want ambience or to fill out a guitar track, it is just an absolutely perfect, wonderful device. So I use that. I use the, uh, the KMA Chief Disruptor. Um, of which I've got like a custom graphic version with, with my name on the front, which is very lovely of them to maybe. But it's a big muff with a clean blend that you can clean up enough that it works like a muffly drive. It's it's lovely. I really like it. And I think it's incredibly versatile. Um, so I'm coupling basically those two pedals and one of the American, the Fender American Professional Jazz Masters, just because I mentioned on the group that I thought maybe this was an all-rounder. And the comments back I got was that Jazz Masters are 
not versatile you know that they you know they're too specific and i that's certainly not my experience with jazz masters and nor is it something i've ever thought of jazz masters i think they are really versatile and actually the the sort of certainly on the american professional the the controls that you get for getting different tones out of the um out of the American professional, out of out of both pickups is uh, is 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 really great. It's really good. So I'm going to play a bit. There is maybe three guitars on there. One with the neck pickup with all the tone rolled off. One on the bridge pickup with it all rolled on, and one uh, really controlling the game changer plus pedal. But here it is. Have a listen. go those uh really super simple setup you know not not an awful lot going on there but that game changer plus pedal it just brings everything to life it's not complicated there's not a lot to it you know hit it when you want to get that sound and that's it i i need to try one of those real bad oh you've tried one one. i don't know i haven't tried one they're very good i know I, I've heard great things about them, and I love that idea. I, I just I play in bands where that hasn't worked, and my the way I look at gear is always how am I going to use this in a band? Of and course. so there's some stuff that I, I end up never using. So it's definitely maybe I should. Well, it's, it's a really good point that you bring up. The only reason it's on my board was actually for the opposite of that because I was like, wait, I'm the only instrument other than the vocal. How do I fill out stuff without sounding? like a early 2000s post-rock band and, you know, have a bunch of Strymon <laughs> pedals on there. Like, you know, how do I fill out sound without that? Whoa, 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 shimmer? whoa. Wait a minute. Don't be hating on the Strymon pedal. I've, <laughs> I still run I still run the now, like, 12-year-old yeah. Strifecta <laughs> on my main <laughs> board. No, no, so. no. They're very good. All I mean is, uh, like, the the sound to fill out things with has become shimmer and shimmer has gone in my mind from when it, when it, when shimmer first started as a sound, I was like, wow, that's amazing that this is a sound people can have. And then everyone had it on every single thing ever. And now it's at that point where I'm like, I really, it sounds tacky to me now. I just want something that fills out the sound, but doesn't do that. I played, I played big church gigs for a couple of years. And Uh let me tell you, I am shimmered out. (laughs) I am am completely shimmered out. The the worship effect of choice of the last decade has definitely been shimmer. (laughs) Yeah. There's shimmer on vocals. Like there's shimmer on everything. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, that is the case. Well, um, dear listener, that that does, in fact, bring us to the end of uh, this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, ask any questions for any reason at all, if you have a, a company you think we should be checking out, or if you are a company or a brand or a luthier, then reach out to us. Uh, you can email us at info at guitarnerds.net or DM us on Instagram. Ask us in the open forum on our Facebook group, the Guitar Nerds group. Do join that if you're not already a member dear listener if you're a patreon supporter then of course you can always contact us on that philip how can people get hold of you oh well there are lots of ways you can find me over at 40 wattpodcast.com that's four zero although i do also own the spelled out version i just haven't redirected it yet maybe <laughs> one day um you can also go over to all the social media platforms at 40 watt podcast again that's four zero watt podcast um and that's you know there's a facebook group there's a facebook page there's an instagram page there's a twitter that i sometimes look at occasionally maybe <laughs> sometimes um but there's all the things you can find me in all the places and uh got a lot of fun stuff coming up soon follow the youtube channel there's going to be some good content coming out there well no there's going to be content coming out there soon you can tell me if it's good or not so <laughs> Well, there you go. Okay, well, we're we're going to be heading over to the Patreon to talk about this week's question of the week. You can join us there. Visit patreon.com forward slash guitar for all the info on how you can sign up and support our charming community, which you can do, dear listener, for as little as a dollar a month. Thanks very much for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Au revoir. Ladies and gentlemen, comes the time in the podcast for me to say thank you very much to all of our top tier, our $10 tier Patreon backers, those people who make all this very, very possible. Thank you to Scott Guitars, to Suresh, Dorsonic Pickups, Chris Franklin, Anton Fryant, Barry Grisbeck, Steve Davis, Daniel Walker, Jorin Brown, John Conaway, The Studio Rats, Russell Healing, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Kyle Harris, Sean Hughes, Brian Hansen, Andy Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Einsler, Gavin Vanden Linden, Mark Kizal Kadawaki, Stuart Robson, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Andy Manley, Simon Milbourne, Joe Puttick, Great Wyland, Phil Rodomsky, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dore, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Loset, Stephen Bork, Robin Smith, Kytopia, The Band, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Norwick, Scott O'Brien, and with something like six months with his leg in a cast, Lou Gravit. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details want truly hydrated skin Medocia's body care breakthrough hyaluronic body serum 
It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.